0: Welcome back to Wax Wednesdays, Why Join the Navy When You Can Be a Pirate? And we're sailing back in time with this one. We are, we're jazz pirates this week. We are, we are going back to the end of the First World War. So, what are we talking, 19, since the last pandemic <laughs> we're going back to, from one <laughs> pandemic to the next. Yeah,
1: we're exactly right. Back from uh, these dark ages to even darker ones. So yeah, back to the end of the First World War, early, uh, the early 1920s or late 1910s, however you want to put yeah, it. Yeah,
0: the, w- the uh, West has won. France has become a beacon for the world, and Paris in particular became like the... Yeah, the new art centre of, of, of the modern world, and yeah. particularly Europe. Well, I can see why. So we're talking about, in the time and place, like American jazz musicians were like often denied both like fundamental civil rights in the US and just weren't able to express themselves at all.
1: But they were also immediately
0: conscripted. Exactly. So they didn't ha- have the chance to even play their incredible music. Where in Paris and jazz, you have the freedoms and liberties to be—I don't know—that European space, I guess. When you sort of speak about um,
1: the African American culture and their, their sort of their time and music playing of that era, it was sort of considered, I guess, pop music. Uh, so when they obviously were in, conscripted and travelled over to to France to then fight and serve in the in the First World War. That was the first time Paris and wider France had never heard jazz playing.
0: Yeah, and if you're going to hear any music for the first time... Well, it was the first time they'd seen these
1: instruments played in such a way. But, you know, it it was completely mind-blowing for them and their concept of traditional music. And when, you know, it was uh, the Harlem... They had a Harlem marching band who they, they inscripted the entire band and they just decided to march and play jazz all the way to the Western Front.
0: Yeah, and so with that, there obviously became a rise of just art and culture in Paris that makes Paris today and... I guess uh, I'll be playing "Midnight in Paris" uh, from Duke Wellington, <laughs> probably an, uh, the, uh, an ode to the movie "Midnight in Paris." A little bit, or the uh, other way around. Let's talk about the scene there. What do you know, the places that was going off, like what was going on? Yeah, so back in <coughs> back in post-First World War Paris, obviously, as
1: you said, it was alive with a new music scene and a new passion for jazz. Um, and in particular, there was there was these all these new places where where um, where they're playing a jazz and that style of instrument playing uh, and those obviously these african-american artists were welcome they're welcome to play Uh, and they're all sort of working together and are sort of embraced by the people uh, the french people as kind of the future music of of their country and they were sort of on this quest of elevating um you know this so-called american pop into into a new art form and sort of pushing it uh into into sort of a new groundbreaking jazz
0: yeah and the beacon for this have you been to paris louis
1: I was there for a night. I was not long enough to enjoy <laughs> any kind of jazz. No.
0: So in Paris, there's a place called, I'm going to do this. I'm sorry for all those French speakers out there. Uh, my French is not up to scratch. But it's a city, it's a suburb called Montmartre, Uh which I've been to. I stayed there. Did you go, did you go there? No, I just went to Paris. Um, well, it became be- basically where all the club owners and club goers from all over the world would go to it, like this one neighborhood in Paris. And it's infamous even if you go now it's pretty uh, notorious I actually should say um, but there's a lot happening
1: there well yeah there was plenty of dancers and entertainers and a lot of the people living there were were themselves sort of delighted in in cabarets and and the club audiences that that sort of that lower uh, lower section of Paris um, kind of became synonymous for uh, club owners and club goers they just couldn't get enough yeah do you want to
0: fast forward from one war to the other war now
1: yeah definitely so unfortunately this is sort of where um, again, you see a new occupation coming in Paris, that being sort of uh, obviously the Nazi occupation, which then outlawed jazz, forced the American jazzmen uh, and entertainers back out, and outlawed the playing in public places and at home and on the airwaves of of what was sort of nominated as um yeah as as degenerate Negro music.
0: Yeah, and the prisons did not like that.
1: No, they didn't. Which is so cool. So they they ended up they sort of just started making renegade clubs. <laughs> um in in clandestine clubs and soundproof underground cellars um one of the most famous being uh the saint, Germ- saint germain club which was in the latin quarter of paris
0: yeah and pretty much the what happened then was like once all these american um artists weren't coming around you have this new generation of young french artists who grew up listening to like louis armstrong and
1: cab calloway and putting their own um so similar to the, when we back into the blues podcast and I told a story about some musicians just learning guitar and singing the blues so they could play their favourite songs. It was much the same. Um, you know, they had their old beat up, you know, renegade collections of, of old jazz records and, and they were sort of pushing the genre forward by trying to recreate um, those famous players' sounds.
0: Yeah, and so who are we going to be playing today?
1: A good way to sort of intro that is obviously um, the end of the Second World War and then the 1950s where the African American jazz heavies made a triumphant return back to Paris, and were just accepted in open arms. And these jazz heavies obviously need no introduction. They are the likes of Miles Davis, Sonny Rollins, Dave Brubeck, John Coltrane, uh, Dizzy Gillespie. Uh, I mean, my list could go on and on and on.
0: Yeah, and some of them I'll be playing as well. Yeah, <laughs> we exactly right. Duke uh, Ellington, uh,
1: Thelonious Monk. Um, the Charlie Parker quintet were a, a sort of a massive movement in the new jazz. But what's, fa- what's so fascinating about so many of these artists all played together, um, <coughs> Cannibal Adderley quintet playing each other's songs in each other's bands, much like, much like Wednesday
0: night at the Rooks Return. Yeah, much like it. Um, but they're a bit quieter at the Rooks Return. They are a bit quieter, yes. Um, if you could go back to any time and place, would you choose this period? I feel like I, yes. if there's any period close to your heart, it would be this.
1: 50s, 50s Paris, and then we could make a delightful move into, into the 60s. Into
0: Detroit in the 1970s. <laughs>
1: exactly right. <laughs> yeah, well, some of these artists, like I sort of mentioned, particularly Sonny Rollins, was um, and his, his kind of breakout record being Saxophone Colossus. I mean, by the time he recorded that, he was uh, sort of in, in the title, says a bit of a saxophone Colossus. He'd sort of mastered his instrument um, at the age of 26. He was already a well-known jazz star, and he'd recorded like a, a bunch of albums, Um. And obviously above all that he had been one part of the most outstanding combos of that period being the Miles Davis Quintet. I mean the Miles Davis Quintet transformed that that musical palette, like that musical jazz palette um, and pushed ended up pushing the boundaries so much into into the sixties and late sixties and some of those albums Miles were putting out were challenging people so much that I <laughs> was sort of pushing back and saying, Is this even music?
0: Yeah, it's interesting how it's come along and even to modern day, like I'm gonna be playing a guy called Felipe Baden Powell who by the time he was 11, he, gr- he was born in Paris, and by the time he was 11, he was going on international tours with his father all around the world. Um, he started learning piano at seven. I wish I did that. But anyways, <laughs> um, he uh, went to the Ecolo Normale de Musique Alfred Quartet in Paris. That's my uh, best uh, French <laughs> way of pronouncing things. Well done. He's done so many incredible things for that scene, like he's won so many awards, like including like the winner of the Montreal Jazz Piano Solo Competition, and yeah, that's who I'll be playing, Lou, what about yourself?
1: Well, I'll be playing a few artists, I think, and the the most beautiful part about a lot of this, and and even in in your entourage of albums tonight, Gideon, so many of these American jazz players came over for the first, was it the first International Jazz Festival of Paris, I think is what it translates to, and they kind of came, and then they decided, geez, this is really bloody good, we're not getting... We're not getting mistreated in the same way that we are back home. We can pack out shows and venues, and you know, smoke cigarettes inside until my heart is goddamn content. Yeah, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong. Isn't that, that <laughs> isn't that what the French do? is? We're not saying Paris is a uh, the model identity where no. racism doesn't happen. No, um, we're just saying that it wasn't as had more opportunities than in America. At the they time.
1: did, and it was more celebrated as a, as an as an art form rather than obviously just a, a genre of music that's sort of getting outshone, um, particularly by the. By sort of the white publishing scene, um, <coughs> but I was going to ask a question of you, gids, before I get to who I'm playing. Um, or oh actually, no, th- I can sort of answer answer your question first. A lot of my a lot of my players are led by horns, particularly saxophones. Obviously, learning saxophone myself is kind of where my favoritism lies. But do you sort of have a favorite uh, favorite instrument that leads jazz, be it piano, trumpet?
0: No, I'm definitely a piano fan. Like two of the records I chose, like Baden Powell and Drew Till, are like absolute maestros on the piano, um, and much like the rookies, I prefer Joel over Greg.
1: Oh, I'll watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously,
0: you're more of a Greg fan by uh, the.
1: time. I, well, I mean, look, I have to stick true to my, true to
0: my form, don't I, and support su- support the fellow horn players. Um, but yeah, give me a, anyone with a piano and you've got my heart and soul. Oh, beautiful. All right, well, I think we'll get stuck
1: straight in. Um, all of this is, is going to be a bit more of an eclectic mix of music.
0: Yeah, it's going to be really relaxing, and if you're stressed or running on spiel because this is for you exactly right alright jazz is one of my come downs and hopefully it's it's for everyone else uh, listen back and enjoy and we'll uh, for those of you who are listening we're playing the lyrics, we'll be playing The Rooks Return in the future so jump on our socials at Wax Wednesdays and we'll see you there
1: perfect we'll see you in person bye bye
2: We'll we da 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 I do we